0: Hey, good morning. Um, I, know I watched those Dollar Club videos. and I'm like, I kind of wish I'd given more last month because those are just absolutely amazing to see God's faithfulness and how everybody chipping in a dollar um, does that. So anyway, love being a part of the Dollar Club. Love to see the generosity that exists at River Ridge. So hey, welcome to River Ridge. Uh, if you're watching on your phone, your tablet, in your bathroom, in your living room, in your pajamas, wherever you're watching, thrilled that you are a part uh, of River Ridge Church this morning So this past uh, Sunday, a week ago, we finished up uh, the River Ridge virtual New Year's Day 5K. Um, And it was really neat just to see kind of how that worked. So people gave $21 to the organization of their choice, and then River Ridge matched that. And uh, it was just fun for me to see the creativity uh, of all of that. Some people skied. Some folks, uh, one guy rode. um, Somebody walked their horse. Uh, My wife swam. People jogged, hiked. All kinds of different things uh, that people did. Uh, and then it went to all, I love just the, the different organizations that it went to. Um, people, you know, gave, some people gave the American Cancer Society, Alzheimer's uh, Prevention, uh, man meal Young Life. I mean, just there was such a variety of things. And so uh, overall, 121 people participated. And so a little over $5,000 was given to charities around uh, our community and around the world. So that is absolutely awesome because of your generosity. Uh, as we begin this morning and look to the Lord in prayer, um, tomorrow is Martin Luther King Day. And so I just ask that you would join me right now as we pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much um, just for people of courage and people of faith. And I, Lord, thank you for Martin Luther King Jr. and what he contributed to our country and moving us forward. And God, I pray that just as a country, the, the example that he started would continue, Lord that we would continue to pursue racial reconciliation and racial justice, um, and that we would do our part uh, just personally in examining our own lives, but also looking at what part we might play in the greater society. Um, And God, I pray that we would just remember uh, what Martin Luther King did over this holiday tomorrow, uh, and that we would be a part of establishing your justice um, on this earth. And uh, God, as we look into the scriptures this morning, I pray that you would teach us, pray that you would show us, show us where you want us to go from where we are. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning we are uh, in this series, and it's titled What's Up or Was Up? if you want to pronounce it that way. Uh, And so we have actually, you may know if you're watching online, there are a few folks here, some family members. Uh, The last number of weeks and months we've been pre-recording it, and so whenever I kind of screw up, I'm like, hey, cut, Dylan, and then I can restart, and you never even notice. But today it's like, hey, we're live, so if I screw up, we're going forward. Um, But so we're doing this series uh, called What's Up, and we're looking at five key relationships in our lives. And so the first week, we looked at our relationship with God. Last week, we looked at our relationship with our spouse. Next week, we're going to look at our relationships with our friends, and then we're going to finish by looking at relationships with our kids. Um, but today, we're going to look at our relationship with our money. And most of the weeks, we've talked, actually every week, we've talked about this idea of here to there. We, we kind of figure out where are we, and then where does God want us to go. And we focused a lot on the here and just really being brutally honest with ourselves about where are we in whatever relationship we're examining. But today we're actually going to flip a little bit, and I want to start by talking about there. I want to talk about where is it that we want to go. And for all of us, the there is probably going to be a little bit different. But I would ask you to consider this. When you think about there, when you think about you and your money, where do you want to be in relationship to your money and your finances? So for some of you, maybe, hey, I want to get out of debt. I've got a ton of consumer credit card debt. That would be the there for me. Or maybe you want to pay off some loans. You've got a home loan. You've got a car loan. You've got student loans. You say, the there for me would be being able to pay that off. Or maybe the there that's in your mind is retirement. You'd say, hey, when I'm 65, I want to be able to retire. When I'm 70, I want to be able to retire. When I'm 50, I want to be able to retire. And so you have some of those kind of there types of goals in mind. Or maybe for you, you're there when it comes to you and your money, is that you want peace, that you just want less stress in your life, that each month it's like, gosh, do I have enough? Do I have enough? Am I going to make ends meet? And you just like some peace in your life. Or maybe for you, you'd like to travel more. You'd say, man, I would love to see this part of the world or that part of the country, and you'd like to travel more. Or maybe the there for you is you'd like to be able to give, not just 21 bucks for a 5K or a buck a month for um, the dollar club, but you'd like, I would really love to be able to give generously to the church and organizations and missions and things that I care about around the world. You know, Or maybe for you, the there has to do with your kids that you'd love to be able to say to your kids, wherever you can get into school, we'll pay for it. And you would have that education fund set up for them. What is the there for you? And just as we go through this morning, to keep that in mind. Now, what I'm going to do this morning is I'm going to give you six questions to ask yourself. And each week we've been having these evaluation types of questions. But I'm going to give you six questions over the next 20 minutes for you to answer. And here is what I would propose, here what I would say is that the more of these that you can answer yes to of these six questions, the more likely that you are to get to the there that's in your mind. Now, it's not a guarantee if you answer yes to all six that you're there, but the more that you can answer yes to, the more likely it is that you will end up in the there that is kind of in your mind. And so the first two questions are really kind of questions of the heart. They're questions about what we believe. And then the second four questions are about how we behave. And so it's this idea that what we believe affects how we behave or what we believe affects what we do. So the first two are kind of about belief in the heart. And the next four are about the ways that we behave, our actions. So the first two questions come from 1 Timothy chapter 6. So go ahead and grab your Bible. If you are watching online, you're not going to see the scriptures under me this morning. Um, so go ahead and grab a Bible or open to the River Ridge app. You can also take notes there. Um, we are still working out some kinks of doing this live streaming. But open up to 1 Timothy chapter 6. So here's the first question. Is do I have contentment with what I have? Do I have contentment with with what i have here's what paul writes this is chapter 6 verse 6 but godliness with contentment is great gain for we brought nothing into the world and we cannot take anything out of the world but if we have food and clothing with these we will be content but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation so the question is is are you content with what you have now, that's not to say you can't have goals and you, want, you have a there that you're shooting for, but are you content with what you have in terms of your material, the material stuff that you have? You know, if you're not content, I heard it sometimes put this way that if we have discontentment, that we live in the land of Ur. Now, the land of Ur. Is where we live, and we're not satisfied because we want a house that is big-er, or we want a car that is big-er, or we want a wife that is pretty-er, or we want to have kids that are smart-er, or we want to be wise-er. And it's this, we're always looking for that next thing. Like, if I had this much more, then I'd be content. But what Paul is writing here. Is that contentment comes when we're content with what we have. That's not to say that we don't have goals and aspirations, but are you content? You know, and as you look at incomes, and as I look at incomes, you know, if, if you're earning, you know, whatever amount, let's say you're earning forty thousand dollars, and you're like, you know, if I earned sixty thousand dollars, then I would be happier. Or if I make sixty, and I earn seventy-five, or I have seventy-five, I earned ninety-five, or I make ninety-five, and make one hundred and twenty-five, and if you're always looking and say, if I reach that next level then I'll be content with what I have. But the fact is that we continue to live in the land of err, where we're always kind of looking for the next level. We get to that next level, and we're not content, which is why Paul says to learn to be content. Godliness with contentment is great gain, that we learn to be content with what we have. Here's the second question of heart or belief. It's do I trust God instead of money? Do I trust God instead of money? Chapter 6, 1 Timothy still, verse 17, it says this. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. And it's this idea, it it starts out and says, as for the rich. That's all of us. Like, we always think that somebody else is rich, but if you are watching this, you are rich because you probably live in America. You're watching on a phone, a tablet, or a computer that costs probably somewhere between 200 bucks and $3,000. You are rich. And so God says, as for the rich in this present age, and then he says, don't set your hope on riches, but instead put your hope in God. I want to read you a verse, and this is from Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. And Jesus is, is discussing some things about money and about where you put your hope and kind of what you, put your, what you serve and what, what's important to you, what you value. And I'm actually going to read this uh, out of the King James Version. I don't know that I've ever read anything out of the King James Version, uh, but for those of you who grew up in sort of old school traditional church, which I did not, uh, this will sound familiar to you. And I'll tell you why in a moment, why I'm reading this out of the King James Version says no man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other and then it says ye not a word that i use very often but ye cannot serve god and mammon again mammon not a word that i use a lot probably not a word that you use a lot but here's why i want to read this out of the king james it's because it uses that word mammon now what translators do is they take the English, or take the the greek Um, writings that, you know, so Matthew would have written this in Greek, and then they find a word in English, and then they translate it, right? Well, occasionally what happens is they're doing the translations, is they get to a word of which there's no simple translation from Greek into English, and that's the case that's happened now. If you read an ESV or an NIV, they may translate it as money or capitalize the money, Um, but the King James basically did what's called a transliteration, which is kind of a big fancy sort of seminary word, where they actually take the Greek word and they just made it make it into an English word. And that's what they did here. So the word mammon is actually a Greek word. Now, that's the reason that as you have conversations around the dinner table, around the lunch counter, about wherever you have conversations, you never use the word mammon, do you? The only time we use the word mammon is when we read it in this Type of setting, right? And here's why I bring this up to you, because the word mammon actually was a was a god. It's the word memonus. It means the god of money, and it's a Syrian god. So there was the god of the water, there was the god of the sky, there was the god of the clouds, there was the god of the grass, the god of the animals, and there was the god of money. And so what Jesus is saying here is making a point, and I want us to grasp this. He's saying you cannot serve God, Yahweh, Jehovah. You cannot serve God and the God of money. And you see, the reason that Jesus puts those together is because the things that he wants us to draw from himself are things that we're sometimes drawing from money. That we gain our significance because of the money that we have. We gain security because of the money that we have. We trust in our money for our future instead of in God for our future. We put our hope in money instead of our hope in God. And so again, the question is, is where do you put your hope? Do I trust in God or do I trust in money? So those two questions are about belief. Now we're going to ask four questions about behavior. Here's the first one. Is Number one is, do I know where my money is going? Do I know where my money is going? So quick quiz, all right? So whoever you're sitting with on the couch or on the dining room table, if you're in a coffee shop, you know, make a friend. So here's the question. Uh, so ask yourself this question. How much money do you spend on your cell phone plan? Go ahead, say it to somebody next to you, do you know? How much do you spend? You may have a good idea. All right, how much money do you spend a month on gas? Right? Do you know how much you spend a money a month on gas? How much money do you spend a month on groceries? Right? And if you're like our family Stacy does the grocery shopping, she would tell you to the dollar I have no idea. <laughs> right? How much money do you spend on eating out? Zero cuz we don't eat out anymore. <laughs> How much money do you spend on DoorDash or Grubhub or Pickup, right? How much money do you spend on average on repairing your car? Do you know that? Could you find that out? So I ask the question is, do I know where my money is going? Let me share a proverb with you. This is Proverb chapter 27, verse 23 and 24. The writer of Proverbs says this, Know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds. For riches do not last forever, and does a crown endure to all generations? Now, before I talk about this verse and relate it to the question, I do want to just take a, make a quick commercial uh, that a lot of us at River Ridge are reading through the book of Proverbs in the first three months of the year. And I would encourage you to do that. You can go on riverridge.org, or excuse me, riverridge.church homepage, uh, click and just download the PDF. Uh, but it's been great to read through the book of proverbs and basically all you do is you read about a half a chapter uh, a day and then you just write you read that twice and then you write down what it is that you what it is that you learn or the verse that stands out to you the most encourage you to do that and if you want to hop on facebook eight o'clock every weekday morning we have a little devotional on there if you want to join that as well all right commercial over so but it says, know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds. So here's what was going on in this, in this proverb, is a shepherd knew the condition of his flock. He knew, I've got 52 sheep, I've got 59 sheep, I've got 49 sheep. But even beyond that, he would know, he'd go, okay, these five sheep are kind of old and they're going to die within the next year or the next season or two. And these sheep are kind of young and they wander off and I got to keep an eye on them. And a shepherd would know very well the condition of his flock. And it says, for riches do not last forever. So a shepherd would know, okay, I need to know what's going on with my flock of sheep because they're not going to last forever. And I need to get new sheep into the fold to keep this flock going. And I share that with you because what we're talking about here of knowing um, of this idea of knowing where your money is going, is that we want to have an idea, we want to have an understanding of how it is that we spend money. And, you know, over the course of this series, we've talked a lot about moving from here to there. This question is very specifically, what is here? Do you know the answer to that question? If you say, okay, this is my paycheck on this month, do you know where it's going? Or do you like, it could go here, could that go there? Part of it is knowing where it's going. Here's the second question Is do I return the first portion to God? Do I return the first portion to God? So that's the second question about behavior. And this is not going to turn into a big giving sermon, uh, but I do want to talk about it just briefly. In Proverbs chapter three, we read this. And so this is actually part of the Proverbs for a New Year reading plan uh, this past week. But it says this honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits Of all your produce. And so the first portion that was grown, they would give that back to God as as a way of saying, God, I know that this comes from you. Now, uh, I have done money and giving sermons from time to time, and I would normally phrase this question a little bit kind of inside my brain. Normally, I would say, Do I give the first portion to God? But I've specifically worded it here as Do I return the first portion to God? And again, that's not a phrase that I would normally use, but I was doing some reading, and doing some listening, and that word return really stuck out to me. And, and the reason is, is because it's this idea that we are giving back to God a portion of what He gave to us. So let me share an illustration with you, see if this strikes with you. Uh, so you remember back in the olden days when we went to Kroger and we actually, like, went inside the store instead of doing click list, right? Okay, we still do it the old-fashioned way. But So you go to Kroger. You take out the, the little metal thing. What do you call the little metal thing that you push around? On the counter? of three, what do you call it? Okay, yes. I called a cart. If you were from the south, you called a buggy, right? So you push a little buggy around. You push a little cart around. You put all the stuff in it. You go to the checkout, you use your coupons, hopefully, uh, and then you leave. You go to your car, you unload the groceries in your car, right? And then, what do you do with the cart, okay? First of all, let me say this, you do not leave it in the parking lot. There's a special place in hell for you if you do that. <laughs> Just kidding, bad theology, right? But what do you do with your cart? You return it to the cart carousel or you return it to the store, right? That's what we would all, that, is that the language that we all would use? Absolutely. Does anybody say, I'm gonna go give my cart to Kroger? No, nobody says that. We return the cart to Kroger. Why do we return the cart to Kroger? Because it belongs to Kroger. And so I use that same terminology here. Do I return the first portion to God? I return it because it's all His to begin with. You know, this title of this message is Me and My Money. Really, the better title would be Me and God's Money because the money that we have is what God has entrusted to us. Sometimes that's called a tie, that we give the first 10% of our income back to God. And you see, here's the thing. Is all of the money that you have is you have it because God has blessed you with it. Now, you may think, well, you know, I put in 70 hours a week. I went to college. I work hard. I do this. I do that. Yeah, you did. You played a very small role. But whatever you did to earn the money that's in your bank account is very small compared to what God did. Because, you see, God had you born in the family that you were born into. God had you born into the country that you were born into. That God gave you the wisdom to be able to go to college. God gave you the street smarts to make good decisions. God gave you the strength to do whatever you do. Your abilities, anything that you have, is from God. You didn't start with it. And so, out of respecting God, out of remembering God, we return the first portion. You know, if you feel like, hey, all my money is mine, you're kind of like the guy in a baseball game, right? Who He's a pinch runner. He goes in at third base. The guy comes up to the plate, hits a double. The guy runs home and celebrates like, I hit a home run. Buddy, you didn't hit a home run. You started on third base, and all you did was trot home. And the same is true for us, that we have what we have because God has blessed us, and so we return the first portion of that to God. Here's the third question, is do I tell my money where to go? Do I tell my money where to go? In Matthew chapter 14, Jesus says this, and it's sort of like a parable, it's sort of like a proverb, but he says this, for which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? So, Jesus is saying, the first step is to figure out, do I have enough money to do what I want to do, to build this tower? And so for us, we ask ourselves this question, is do I tell my money where to go? If you're wondering, it is a money sermon, and here's the B word, not that B word, but it's the budget word, right? Do I live on a budget? Do I have a budget where I'm saying, this is how I plan to spend my money, One of the things that I've mentioned in in past sermons is that Stacy and I do a budget date every year. Uh, So we go out and we kind of joke, we just fight about money once a year. So we went on our budget date about a week and a half ago. We sat down, we said, How do we do spending? Do we overspend here, underspend there? And then we look at this year and say, How do we want to spend our money this coming year? And when we do that, we find that living on a budget is really freeing. It's not constraining because it allows us to have a plan to spend money on the things that we want to spend money on. And so as we were on our budget date about a week and a half ago, um We were talking about and Stacy and I was like, "Is there anything else you'd like to spend money on?" As we're kind of looking at some places and so we have these things in our kitchen. I don't know if you have these. Um, They're like flat and you cut things on them and cook on them. They're called counters. Does anybody have those? Yeah. So we have counters uh, and they work perfectly fine in our house. They you can stack stuff on them, you can clean them, and all that kind of stuff. But Stacy says, "You know what I'd love." I'd love new counters. We've been in this house 18 years. They've been there even before we moved in. She said, I'd love some new counters. And so we set aside a budget line in our budget to save money to be able to buy counters down the road. Now, if we want to get counters, you know, tomorrow we could get, like, plywood counters. We, we have, you know, one-month savings. We could do that, or half a month savings. Um, and we could do that. Or if Stacy wants to get, I had to look this up. Blue Bahia granite counters. Those are the second most expensive kind of counters you can get. The most expensive are called Van Gogh countertops. I guess they have Van Gogh's ear in them or something. I don't know. I had to look that up. But um, if we want those, then we can, you know, wait for 20 years and and be able to afford those. But here's the point that I make, is that because we live on a budget, at some point we will buy counters, and we don't need to have a fight about, like, we don't need counters because we've already pre-decided. And when we buy counters, we're not going to take out a loan. We don't have to worry about how we're going to spend stuff because the money will be there. Living on a budget gives that freedom. And then here's the fourth question is, "Do I give to my future me? Do I give to my future me?" Proverbs chapter six says this: it says, "Go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise." without having any chief officer or ruler. She prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. It's basically just saying, you know what the ant does? The ant prepares for the future, gathers when there's food, prepares for a coming time. And we learn from that, and it's a proverb to teach us, is do we save for our future? And really, when we save for the future, we're doing what we're doing is we're giving to a future us. You save to buy a car so that when your car breaks down, then you can have a car. That's a future you. You save for retirement because at some point in time you may not want to work anymore, and so you have money that you have set aside. It's paying a future you. And any type of fa- savings that we talk about, even a car repair, I save for a car repair because I want to have a car that I can fix in the future. So saving is really paying a future you. You And again, that's part of a budget. And part of a budget is saying, you know, we want to live, we want to do these things. And, you know, you may save to travel. You may save to be able to give money away. You may save to do whatever you're giving to a future you. So those are six questions to help you get from here to there. Six questions, but I'm going to just give you one application. Six questions, but one application. And here's the application. Before you go to bed tonight... I want you to do something. Take one action before you go to bed tonight that moves you from here to there financially. And whatever that action is, is totally up to you. But do something today before your head hits the pillow that is an action that's going to help you to move from here to there. Here's a few suggestions for you. Maybe today you set up a savings account transfer where you're going to save, move money from your checking account to your savings account every paycheck or every month or add to your retirement savings. Maybe for you, you're going to cancel a subscription. You're like, you know, we don't need Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, and HBO. What, I don't know, whatever, all that stuff. Like, we can cut down our subscriptions. Maybe this week what you're going to do is write down the financial goals that you have. Say, this is what there looks like. I'd love to be there in a year or two years or when I retire. Write down some of their goals. Or maybe the action for you is, is to write down, how did you spend money over this last month? Or even just this last week. Write that down. Say, this is where all of my dollars went. Maybe you want to sign up for a class like Financial Peace to learn more about money management. Maybe you need to set up. Maybe you want to set up an auto giving type of deal where you're giving to the church and it comes out of your checking account every month. Maybe you want to do something where, like Stacy and I do, say, "Hey, let's set up a budget date. Let's plan to go out next Tuesday or Friday or have coffee and and talk about the budget." Maybe you want to. You've got debt. So you've got credit card debt. You say, "You know what? I'm going to just take on an extra job. I'm going to DoorDash or pick up some hours at Chick Fil A or whatever it is to earn a little bit of extra money to specifically pay down that credit card." And I could go on and on and on and give you dozens and dozens of examples. But my point is this, is take an action today that will get you from here to there. Whatever it is, and again, I don't care what it is necessarily, but take an action that will get you from here to there. And I'll end with this quote that I read this week. And it comes to the importance of taking action. Uh, and the guy basically said this. He said, if you say one of these days I will, you might as well might as well say none of these days I will. Because if you're like, hey, one of these days I'm going to set a budget. One of these days I'm going to start doing this. One of these days I'm going to work on my finance. If it's one of these days, then it's really none of these days and it's not going to happen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much uh, for today, for this opportunity uh, to look into your word, to learn about the finances, to learn about where we are and where you want us to go. God, show us the one action that you want us to take today before our head hits the pillow. In Jesus' name, amen.